Hello and welcome to another episode of Time and Relative Opinions in Space. And Nailed I'm here. It. Yeah, I did. And I'm here with the master of interrupting, Sean Campbell. <laughs> I do that. How's it going, Sean? It's doing great, thanks. If I was a wrestler, my finishing move would be the cutoff. That's what I call it. <laughs> would be a bad name, that actually, would it? No, yeah. actually. <laughs> I think you could get it over. I get that over. Like a cutter. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, we're not here for <laughs> wrestling. We're here for um, Doctor Who, and what an episode we have today! One of the better ones, wouldn't you agree? So much better than last week. <laughs> so much better, and it is one of the better ones in general. Yeah, yeah, much better. It's. Uh, Episode 8, and it's Father's Day. Written by a guy called Paul Cornell. He's written a couple of the Doctor Who like novels, Human Nature. That one's also been adapted by him for season three, and we eventually get to that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to getting to that episode, actually. That's one of my uh, all-time favourites. There's me. I think, uh, I think those two episodes are my favourite story for them. But not to discount this one because this one is also brilliant. So. It is. It's uh, a very. It's an emotional roller coaster. It's a yeah. good way to describe it. Yeah. It's funny that one of these people who like, like when we did Dalek. He like, that's the only episode that guy wrote for Doctor Who, and it's one of the better ones. This guy yeah. wrote two stories, and he's done two of the better ones. It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> he probably went on to the Dalek writer. Perhaps went on to bigger and better things. Who knows? Yeah, perhaps. The talent for it, definitely. Yeah, unless he just decided to do something else with his career. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, the episode opens with uh, a young Rose Tyler and. Um, Jackie, and she's sort of telling her about her dad. Yeah, um, and as we later found out in the episode, lying about her dad. Well, uh, yeah, perhaps she's she might be painting a slightly um, better picture, I suppose, yeah. being she's deceased. Uh, it's a, a lying makes it sound um, mean, but she's not being mean. She's, I mean, she's beginning. This would be a recurring thing. Uh, Jackie does what all of us would probably do in that situation. Much uh, like yeah. Rose does in this episode what we all probably would do in that situation. Sometimes exactly. you can't do right for doing wrong. Well, exactly. Sometimes uh, a little white lie is better than uh, a horrible truth in, on, uh, on some instances, perhaps. Who knows? It's not for us to judge. Makes great TV, though. But Anyway, yeah, it certainly does. Um, we snap back to Rose and the Doctor in present time. And she uh, mentions wanting to go back to uh, see her dad when he was still alive. Yep. And the um, Doctor is suspicious from the start, which I quite like. Yeah, he's not too keen and he tries to put her off, but Rose sort of plays to his sort of ego doesn't she say oh well if you if you don't think you can do it and the doctor's like well i can do anything yeah it's a good point actually i've never thought of it that way but she does kind of like oh well you know if you, 
if it's against the laws of time or something, say, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, she, she knows what to do, playing, playing to his ego. So, and his compassion uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, true enough. So we cut to uh, the Doctor and Rose at uh, Pete and Jackie's wedding. Jackie <laughs> forgets. Jackie, Pete forgets the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least he doesn't do a, a Ross and call her by the wrong name. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone who's seen Friends out there, I'm sure many, many listeners have. Yeah, I, I'm not crazy on Friends, truthfully. I could never get into right, it. Right, this podcast ends right now. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't watched too much of it, so... Well, it's a bit before. I suppose it's a bit before your time. I kind of grew up with it, but uh, you'd have been very young when that was out. If if perhaps not even born at all when it started. I was born in '97. Yes, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, um, after the wedding, uh, Rose convinces him to go back to uh, the day he died because he died alone, and uh, she wants to be there with him basically or that's the reason she uses anyway not an unreasonable request yeah it does seem seem to be um so they materialize at that point in time we see uh pete tyler coming around in his car he parks up gets out with a I think it's a vase of vase, whatever you want to call it, of some kind. And as he steps out, uh, what would you say, a boy racer comes careering around the corner and uh, knocks him over, basically. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, Rose watches the moment her dad dies, and that's horrible. Yeah, she, she, sort of, wrote down like. she sort of freezes up, doesn't she? She can't. She wanted to go go there to be with him, but she just couldn't at that point, bring herself to to go over to him, or at least that's what it looks like anyway. So she sort of... I think uh, one of the reasons Rose's character is so good is because uh, most of the things she does, at least most of her big character moments, are all believable. Well, yeah, are. It's, it's like something you could see yourself doing in her shoes. Definitely. I mean, that's, that's the whole sort of idea of the companion there but what sort of anchors or grounds are showing reality and you sort of meant to really view the show through their eyes rather than uh, rather than the doctor's eyes yeah um so anyway she asks if they can do a, a do-over for a lack of a better word which is um something the doctor isn't keen on again but yeah, um Conveyed just to, it's credit to as well. Conveyed that's conveyed all through his facial expressions, like the when he said, "Can I try again?" and he's just like he's seeing his face. He's thinking, "Not really, but we'll have a go." <laughs> yeah. Um. So um, the doctor, uh, and Rose, we sort of see them again, and he points out, "Look, that's the others, um, the other you and me." We need to wait for them to to walk off before you can go over so the um the two sets of roses and doctor don't cause a paradox by meeting each other in the same point in time somewhat of a rarity as well in the show that the doc like 
the Doctor would interact with a version of himself that isn't a previous regeneration. But things don't go quite to plan again this time as Rose decides to run and uh, save her dad, dragging him out of the way of the car just in the nick of time. And you sort of see from the Doctor's face he's not too pleased by these uh, series of events, is he? Yeah, he's not there. There's conversation and and Rose and uh, Pete, Tyler, as far as that's called. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, this is says, oh, you and your boyfriend need to live for this wedding. And it looks at the doctor's face and he just looks really angry. Mm. And we also see uh, a bit like, it reminds me of like Predator Vision. Um, you see sort of, you see him through something else's yeah. eyes, aren't you? It's all sort of red and it gives you the impression it's flying. So um, something's not quite right all of a sudden. Yeah, I like that you see it, that you don't see the creature straight away. I like that it builds the suspense yeah, a little bit. Exactly. It probably saves uh, money for the episode as well, I should imagine. Well, there isn't that as well, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, he takes them to his place, doesn't he? Uh, Rose is oblivious to the Doctor's... Uh, anger and she's like all hyper talking about her dad and she's all excited because she's supposed saved him and she's getting to meet her dad really for the first time yeah, and the doctor's just you can just see the doctor's face can't he? he's he's not chuffed no like rose is talking about all of these um like things he used to get up to in his schemes yeah he was always sells these energy drinks and this, that, and the other, and the doctor's like that's um apparently based off the writer in Paul Cornell's real father. Uh, I read somewhere that Paul Cornell's father would like he did this. He got up to like loads of little schemes, like trying to do like <laughs> a, I don't want to necessarily say get rich quick schemes, but like that sort of type of thing. Yeah, I mean a lot of writers do um base things on from uh, reality, don't they? You see, uh, you know. Teachers and and whatnot, don't you? When uh, they write books and novels, that's an easy made, it's an easy way to make something real by describing mm. something that was real. Exactly, <laughs> that's the kind yes. of authenticity that you can't really fake. And uh, the doctor says, snaps at Rose, says, "I did it again. I picked another stupid ape." Yeah, uh, yeah, I like it. Um, I would left ambiguous whether or not this was Rose's plan all along. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too sure. I I think perhaps we made a a snap decision, to be honest. Whether it was according before... to Billy Piper, uh, she said that Rose would have they came to that decision after she started traveling, so it wasn't there and then when the doctor yeah. offered to travel. But yeah, I also think if it was a plan all along, she would have just done it straight away and waited for the second attempt. But... Yeah, exactly. So. Um... I think that's a, you know, as you say, it's a perfectly believable and natural yeah, thing to do to want to save your parent from certain death if you you don't know or don't think there'll be any sort of consequences, which Rose tries to argue. She says, oh, you know, it won't change anything. It's not like that'll do anything um, world-changing or interesting. It won't be prime minister or anything, but the Rose sort of argues that... Um, 
you know, any one person who's alive and it shouldn't be can alter the future in quite big ways. Well, I think it establishes quite an important thing in the show as well as that he's like it, it's his own time. You, it's interfering with your own timeline because that potentially could cause a myriad of things to happen. Like, say, if I know it might sound super, but if they, if Pete decided that they would move and Rose isn't in London to meet the Doctor, that that does change all of like the universe as well. So it is it's just a small thing as it might seem. It is quite a big impact on the rest of the. Yeah, and it helps sort of set up and establish um, some rules of time as well for the for the series. Yeah, I do also like it's a good argument in this because I like that Rose argues her case because again, no one can really blame her for wanting to save her dad. Like, but at the same time, um, it does put the doctor in an awkward situation. Look at it for a bit because he's put in the situation where he's like, well, now I have to get angry at you. Saving your dad's life, which makes yeah. me look like a bad guy. <laughs> and I can kind of sympathize with that a little bit. Like, it's like the butterfly effect, and what a lot of people always say about time travel, even though we have no real knowledge about it. Like any little, any little change, no matter how minute, can have significant ramifications. You just don't know. Um, but the doctors, the doctor. And, Rose had a heated conversation. I keep what I call a bloody Billy, you know. <laughs> so uh, the doctor says, if I'm that insignificant and you don't need me, I'll leave. I'll take back the TARDIS key. And uh, she gives him the TARDIS key. Uh, he gave her back and uh, he was, walks off in a bit of a huff. Yeah. He does the best bit to put it. He's almost done that like a child. <laughs> He's just I've had enough. Goodbye. <laughs> Um, so um, again we see this uh, sort of predator vision again don't we we're looking through the, the red eyes of whatever it is that's up in the sky yeah it's like stalking people and it's eating people from the look yeah. of you see them like it goes down picking, people. Like, like picking people off basically isn't it yeah. I do just want to say one last thing about an argument as well I do like how Rose backs, like, backs herself up even if she is wrong she believes she's right, doesn't she? Um, yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she doesn't realise the ramifications at this point, you know, which is just fair enough. It's all believable. It's all sort of, you know, within character. My, you know, she wants to save her dad and she's looking for reasons what she believes makes her right to do so, which I think anyone would in that situation. Yeah, and it's why to it's why it's almost a tricky situation because I think the doctor sort of says he tries to say it in a way like Rose is right, but that's just not the rules. That's not how things work. And just because you're right doesn't mean you can do it. Exactly. Um, and anyway, um, Pete um, pops his head round the door. <laughs> he says, "Boyfriend yeah. trouble," which appalls um, Rose. And then he says, "Well, you know." If I was dating a pretty girl like you, and then Rose quickly shuts it down. Don't go there. You don't want to go there. Go in there. It's not something you want to do. It's a really, it's a really fun bit of dialogue, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, it is it very, very back? I wonder if it's a Back to the Future reference in a weird way. Yeah, it, it could be. Um, it's 
It is hilarious, though. It's also a subtle hint of maybe Pete messes around with other women because he's flirting. He's always attempting to flirt with Rose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which is well, something that gets just, alluded to later. Yeah, just well, just because people are a bit flirty, it doesn't always mean uh, they're going to cheat on it. Though. Anyway, just with what comes later as well as later, maybe. So. Oh, Lord. Anyway, we um flat as well because she it is her flat, but of course Pete doesn't know this, and so he comes around and says, "Why are you tidying up my house?" <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oh yeah, sorry." Uh, anyway, we uh, we go to a wedding, don't we? Uh, and uh, there seems to be quite a lot of people missing. The groom says to his father, um, "Even all the Baxters uh, haven't turned up." Yeah. No, yeah. we're imagining this is something to do with um... whatever's been talking to yeah. this guy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also, a little bit of a funny bit where the the, the groom's dad's sort of trying to talk about the marriage. Like, well, you don't have to go through with it. Not these days. Why don't you live in sin for a bit? Which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, it's before he was in it. And not that much. He's better. Like it's, it's. I don't know. It's strange. It's believable though, in a weird way. I guess mm. you know. It's a type of thing you could believe happens. It's another. I think it's another example of those. Like Doctor Who's really good at making like side characters who don't show up much believable. Like they yeah, can establish yeah. characters in a couple of lines. Yeah, they always seem to. They always seem to play their parts well. All the uh, all the actors, as you say, no matter how small their their part is. Uh, we see the doctor walking down um, down the street. Um, I think we see the red eyes, the red eyesight thing again. Uh, he walks up and opens the TARDIS, but it's um, well, what's it like, Sean, when he opens up the TARDIS? It's gone. Yeah, it's uh, it's. Empty, his consoles and that aren't in there, and it's a uh, normal size. I think it's one of the only times we see that. Yeah, the, I, I the, wrote that the actual down. interior of the box that represents the target. Yeah, I wrote that down. Um, I think it's the first time uh, we've seen the TARDIS in this sort of state before, not not with its fifth dimension in size where it's massive, just. What you know what it would normally be if you just opened a it regular. Probably happened in. Not not an episode I can remember, but I haven't seen all of the classic episodes, so uh, I'm not necessarily right on that. Um Yeah. And then the doctor runs at the back to rules because he thinks the bad's happening. Yeah. Uh, we see Pete is uh, described as a bit of a Dell boy by uh, by Rose, which she takes offence to. Very accurate, though. <laughs> it is, yeah. He just needs the uh, reliant Robin, doesn't he, really? That's all he's messing. Maybe that's what he should do here. We also see, uh, see the car that hit Pete. It sort of comes around the corner and then just vanishes into thin air, so that's a bit of yeah, a strange her. occurrence. And that it's, becomes um, important later on as well. 
Yeah, I like how they give the audience a chance to work out the solution. Yeah. Also, just a quote about um, being called uh, Del Boy. He goes, the actor who plays him went on to play Del Boy Dad, Reg Trotter, in Rock and Chips. Oh, right. I didn't realise that. That's uh, uh, a good point. That's your fun little trivia fact for the day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he fits the character well, so uh, I can definitely see see that. And they also drop a little bit of um, hint that Jackie and Pete's relationship isn't as lovely and perfect as Jackie made it out to be the rose when uh, Pete asked Rose to describe how Jackie described him. And Rose says, oh, she said she picked the most wonderful man in the world and then Pete said, hey, he mustn't have been talking to her then. <laughs> yeah, it's, that is quite funny. And uh, yeah, bless them. They're, they're obviously having a, a few issues in their, in their marriage. It hasn't quite gone out either of them hoped it would at this point uh the car comes round again nearly hits uh pete i think in um to warn him rose calls him dad without thinking which uh makes him under obviously yeah because you called me dad <laughs> just, uh, and then that's when you see Pete having this massive argument, and that's when it's not a hint. It becomes very apparent to Rosa this this little that Jackie effectively lied to her, which it is not not a knock on Jackie. You understand why Jackie does it, but yeah, we see Jackie, young Jackie, with uh, baby Rose, and uh, she sort of she she thinks that Rose says I've put him on as so another one of his floozies, and that starts a big argument, and she says. Um, it's like that, that last time, and he goes, what? It was just, we were looking for a ticket, and it was in a duffel coat, and they all fell on top of us. It sounds like a really stupid excuse, but he is the sort of person I could imagine that is the truth, <laughs> as daft as it might sound. Yeah, it sounds like, it's so stupid, it's almost one of those stories, it's so stupid that no one would make it up. Exactly. <laughs> it sounds so inconceivable that it's like, well, that must have happened. And but it is a it's a fair argument and it's it's established that this sentence because of Pete's lifestyle and the way he like makes money like Del basically. He makes money like yeah. post money for his horses and she doesn't know where the next meal's coming from and it's a very believable couple argument. Like I I have seen People have like arguments like that. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Sometimes, you know, people are that convinced um, their partners are cheating. They'll just sort of envision the worst possible scenario in their head. And sometimes they are, and they're just making up daft excuses. But sometimes these people are prepared to believe these daft excuses, aren't they? So it can all go, you know, it can be both ways, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I like how, as well, it is also shown that they like each other. Like they make up, and yeah. they reconcile. And it's just like I mean, it's just it's it's what like Pete said earlier in the episode. He says, you know, couples are all the time, and that happens. Um, he talks about his daft schemes, and he said, "But one day I'll I'll get it right. <laughs> this time next year I'll be a millionaire." <laughs> yeah. Uh, we also see. A, uh, a little lad he witnesses uh, the monsters um, 
picking somebody off or or killing them, and uh, he runs to the church shouting, um, "There's monsters! There's yeah. monsters!" It's kind, of, it's kind of a creepy little scene, that. Like for what they can do with the budget and things like that. Mm. Like, I think they did the best they could. Of course. Nobody believes him and like, oh, what sort of monster is it? Is it aliens? Howdy ho. <laughs> and of course, I mean, we see almost on cue. Yes. <laughs> but that is a fast runner. He is. <laughs> well, <laughs> he you know, it's, he does a lot of running away. So, you know, his, his card, and he's got two it's hearts. True. So his, his cardio is probably excellent, isn't it? Let's face it. He's like the most power of time runs. <laughs> I mean, I bet, as I say, I bet there's two hearts out. Oh, very but true. anyway, yeah, we see the appearance of the monsters and the doctors shouting to everyone, get inside the church, get inside the church. Um, I think they get a few people before they all make it inside. I think the, the groom's dad gets it, doesn't he, unfortunately? Yeah, and the vicar. The yes, vicar. and the vicar. Because he... Um, it, it sort of eyes up the bride, doesn't it? But then she screams, and it, for some reason, it decides to go for the vicar instead. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty cool, and um, it's some of the better effects actually from this time period compared to um, uh, a lot of others we've seen, like the Savine, the Savine costumes and the. Um, the, the things that open up the people's head in the last episode, uh, the effects are a yeah, lot more convincing on. Oh, on not the consciousness, sorry, the, um, the Mike Jagger Fest. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I like them. They were apparently they're called the Reapers. They're not named in this episode. And I like that they're not named. I like that they're not given an origin. They're only given as much attention as they're needed. They're not really yeah. relevant to this. Of course, they are relevant to the story, but they're just relevant in the fact that they are the threat. They aren't the story and they're not the. Sometimes. Sometimes it's more scary if you don't really know what something is, though, and and what it, you know, and what it's after. Well, it puts them in. It puts you in in the character issues because the characters would have no idea who they are. the doctor does, but like the rest of the characters don't know who they are. They don't know where they're going. They're just dropped in on the world, and I'm going to kill everyone. They're called the Reapers. Just the re- time Reapers, or just Reapers. I think just the Reapers. That's what I remember them being called as a kid. Okay, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was just because Time Reapers would make more sense. I was just, but either or, not saying you're wrong. They were apparently going to um, look a lot like the Dementors from Harry Potter in the original design. Oh, right. Except they carry scythes, and obviously that design changed quite a lot, but their tails do look like scythes. You can only really, really spot it if you're looking for it, but the tails do really like scythes, does yeah, well, they might have been in uh, trouble with um, copyright and that if they got too close to um, a Harry Potter design, in all fairness. Yeah, that's true. I like the Dementors. They're cool design, but as are these creatures. I'm not really a Harry Potter fan, so I can't really say. I've never seen them. But anyway, before I get uh, too much abuse of that confession, um, the Doctor bars the doors of the church... And he says, it's an old building, that's good. The older the building, the safer it is, and they won't be able to get in, or at least for a good while. Yeah, it's one of those explanations that it's believable enough. You know what I mean? He just lives not along with the doctor. Yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) 
him. But, you know, it makes sense in the context of time travel and the stuff the Dots would come out with. Uh, we also have a moment where the, the groom uh, from the wedding is on the phone and he, he can hear something and uh, he doesn't recognise the voice and the Doctor takes the phone off him and he says that's... Uh, Alexander Graham Bell, the inventor of the telephone. That's the very first phone call, apparently. So, um, yeah, time is uh, ballsing up, for a lack of a better word. Yeah, apparently they got that wrong as well. Uh, it is the first phone call, but it's not exactly what he said. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised. These sort of mistakes do happen, but... Uh, you know, it's a nice little touch. It's a nice little touch, anyway. He sort of explains that uh, these monsters, or reapers, we can call them, if you, if you like, uh, are almost like bacteria trying to heal a, um, a wound, a wound in time. And he said, by consuming everything in sight. Yeah, um... It's good. It's a good. It's a good analogy, and it makes sense to just try. They're just trying to course correct history. Mm. Some sort of leftovers of the time lords, maybe. Yeah, uh, we still see the doctor and Pete looking at looking at a window. They see the car again. Uh, Peter questions him about it, but the doctor brushes him off and says it's it's nothing important. Don't don't worry about it. But uh, we'll find out later that he's uh, he's not telling the truth on that. Yeah, he figures it out. It's easy. He realizes what what he could do, what would have to be done to save the world. Again, uh, because he feels for rules. Yeah, exactly. Again, more sort of white lies in order to sort of save people from themselves, and and the person who's telling the lies mind anyway. If if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, well, you're right. Actually, yeah, it is a theme of the of the episode, really, isn't it? Of people, of people telling small lies to each other to try and make each other feel better. When eventually, you just have to sort of face the truth and accept. Yeah, uh, we get a scene where Peter or Pete Tyler does sort of work out the penny drops at Rose is his daughter, uh, grown up. You know, he says you've got. You know, Jackie's eyes and uh, the fact you called me dad and I think because of earlier mentions of time travel and everything as well he sort of managed to piece piece it together which sort of tells me he's he's, he's quite a bright guy he's, he's perhaps not as daft as he he makes out and people think he is there's a bit more about him than yeah I think he almost plays the idiot in some ways yeah sort of plays it up as part of his charm and like whip but yeah, he is actually clued in there might be a confidence thing he might you know he might not quite believe in himself if that if that makes any sense yeah and of course i mean this is given some sort of a way but of course we see a parallel version of him in the next season where he succeeds in his one of his business ideas and it makes him a millionaire so the, the brains and potential must have been there yeah exactly uh again which we will touch on if and when we uh, get to it, which is uh, another decent episode, yes, actually. Because, yeah, because we um, because it's, it's worth mentioning that although um, Pete Tyler does become a recurring character, it's not this Pete Tyler. 
This no, is uh, really. our, this is our universe Speed Tyler. The other universe Speed Tyler becomes the recurring character. Yeah, well, let's not confuse people too much uh, at this juncture. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the um, and I've lost. Nice line. I quite like where they the, the couple who are getting married straight up ask the doctor if he can save them, and I. And he gives this speech that I would normally say is a bit cheesy, but I think in the context of this episode where he's been talking about how it's like and it's something that seems insignificant has actually had a massive impact on things. I actually kind of liked it where he was like, well, yeah, you know, that is a big thing. Yeah, I never I never did anything like that. I never got a coffee with anyone and, and got a taxi. And he says, yes, I will save you. Do we see sort of Rose uh, telling Pete about the time machine? Um, he asks about uh, the future and himself. Of course, this is a bit awkward because um, he was meant to die on this day that they're here now. So um, she sort of just makes up a load of stuff, doesn't she? Again, more sort of white lies. <laughs> yeah, it just turned out to me. It's something that should have been on, but you are right. Yeah, it's a big theme of this episode, basically. Is it's just people. People telling lies to each other, and but it, it's it's not like, but not nasty, which is the normal course. Um, like you tell them, well, it's like a family to lies to each other. It usually comes out and there's a big row, but these are all lies that are totally understandable. Exactly. Um, we see that little lad again who ran into the church, and we we find out it's a, a young Mickey, don't we? Yeah. He runs over to Rose and. And grabs hold of her, which is uh, quite funny and foreshadowing at the same time. Yeah, Rose says that she thinks she's embedded herself on her. <laughs> yeah, she says that. Just before that, as well, Pete asks Mickey if she's got a boyfriend, and she says no. And like Rose's treatment of Mickey is like horrible. Yeah, she was. She says there was someone, but we've not really seen them break up on screen, have we? So I don't. So I'm not too sure about that. Yeah, she just needs to end it. Like, she just she's, needs to formally tell this guy and stop spring them along. She's not a very good girlfriend, is she? She's not. And in fairness, that does become a uh, that does become a point later on. It does become a plot point. Yeah, and also it, in a way, in a weird way, it does kind of make Rose more relatable in, in that sense of she's not perfect. You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah, you can exactly. write characters that are perfect, and it's like, well, that's not believable. No one's that good. But it's like, that's real. She has flaws. She's still fundamentally mm. good in those. There's also a bit where Pete says, uh, well, the doctor's not your boyfriend then. And she says, no. And he goes, I'm glad of that because as your dad, he's far too old for you. So <laughs> I thought that was a nice, nice little uh, interaction. Can't exactly yeah. remember where it happens, but it is funny. It, it's in that same scene. Because then it's just after that is when she says, yeah. yes, it has a boyfriend. And um, it's like, um, is this the first episode as well where the Doctor and Rose as a couple starts to be talked about? Possibly. Possibly. I'm not too sure. Uh, it might have been hinted at a few times where people think they're, they're together. I think uh, in Dalek, the guy there, that Van Staten thinks uh, they're a couple, doesn't he? I think. Yeah. Oh, and in the world as well, um, Jane, yeah. the tree asks him. Well, but it's believable. People, you know, they see a guy and girl together, no matter the age, and people do jump to that sort of conclusion, don't they? So, yeah. Another bit I thought was funny when um, she tells um, Pete not to tell her mum about her being 
their daughter and time traveling. Um, he, he says, why not? And Rose says, well, in, in my time, uh, Jackie can't even set the video recorder. And Pete says, I showed her how to do that last week. And then he sort of backtracks and sort of says, yeah, point taken. <laughs> and Rose just gives her a look when he says that. He's like, yeah. Yeah. It, but also, it is, it's fun as a scene that is, it's not a lie. No. <laughs> Some people are just bad with technology, though. I mean, and I also put in brackets, uh, video recorders, remember those. <laughs> I do actually, to be fair, I had a tele video recorder. I do remember them. <laughs> I mean, they're, you know, the the in thing back in my day, but they're sort of. So they've become obsolete nowadays, really, haven't they? I imagine some people still have them, but, uh, uh, yeah, they're, they're pretty much redundant nowadays, aren't they? Whether they'll come back in, like, records, who knows? Yeah, I think it's probably a niche thing. I think some people like them for their uneditedness as well as that. Yeah, Things yeah. are only in digital, they can be edited Maybe for some, some people like them. Family videos as well that they haven't been able to... Uh, Copy onto disc or, or what have you. I remember it was my first one of those before I was born, but like my sister's <laughs> second birthday. Like, That's crazy. But um, anyway, we get, Rose goes back to find a doctor and he's been left babysitting a, a baby Rose. Uh, Rose goes to fuss and touch the her baby self, and the doctor's like, No, no, don't, don't. You'll create a time paradox. You mustn't touch yourself. I can't remember yeah. if he gives uh, the exact reason there and then, but we yes. uh, we do find he, out. He does say yes. He says because any any just to, I think he, he basically says you could get away with it normally, but he, he says because these creatures are here, any more disturbance in time like that will make them stronger. Yeah, which uh, they don't want. Yeah. Uh, he sort of admits <laughs> in this conversation that he wasn't really going to leave Rose and. She sort of says, "Yeah, well, I knew, I knew you'd come back." Um, and he also yeah, says, "She calls him out on that as well." And yeah. I she says, "Yeah, no, you wouldn't." I think even as a viewer, <laughs> we all we all knew he just sort of stormed off in a bit of a huff, and he he would have been back. He can't really leave her in a in a time that's not hers anyway, can he? That's that's face the facts. Why well, left out with the, the technology in his head? Yeah, it? but it was in his right time. On the yeah. pretense that you know his punishment was, he wouldn't, and you know it's more like a punishment for him because you know he didn't get to do anything or go anywhere. But yeah, let's let's stay on track. Um, the doctor also says he hasn't got a plan. He doesn't he doesn't know what to do, uh, which we know um, are more lies. There's so much lying in this episode, isn't there? And it's all to sort of protect people, isn't it? It's not. It's not lying to be awful to somebody. They're, you know, is that why, why I call them white lies? They're, they're sort of lies that they think are protecting people. I think it's another one of the things about the episode because I think in TV a lot it's portrayed that lies are always being insincere. Normally something like, you know, lying about having an affair or something like that, you know, a soap opera or. This episode captures in a weird way, like the reality of like most of the time people don't lie. People lie because they think they're doing the other person a favor. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
people lie all the time and it's not always in a it's not always for malicious purposes shall we say and sometimes it's and sometimes i like also so sometimes lying is the right thing to do like a, like when jackie's talking to a young rose about a relationship she's like she shouldn't tell the truth there i would say like she should be allowed to think of like her dead father as a good man and that her and her mom, and that him and his mom loved each other so that's totally justifiable situation to like but now i can tell the other side where people do small lies and sometimes it has big consequences like when rose asks people uh, to jackie about who rose really is and he does it that ultimately sets up a chain of events which we'll get to but it, it sets up the chain of events which means the doctor has to give his own life and it almost ends the world exactly um it's also um the doctor sort of admits that um, what's happening here is sort of happening everywhere across the planet as well, or at least he uh, sort of insinuates that. That uh, everybody, yeah. you know, peep them and people like them huddled up in churches and old buildings are probably the, the last remaining vestiges of uh, the human race as uh, these reapers sort of take everyone away. Yeah, and he also says, um, like, just a little drop about the time laws, where he says, like, um, yeah, like when this might be alive, yeah. this just flat out wouldn't have been how it would happen, they'd have prevented it. But, and because they're there, we see that. And I like that, I like how we should meet mm. the universe. It may it sound stout, but we see real consequences to the universe, and we see that because the time laws are dead, it's not just something that affects the doctor, it affects the wider universe as well. And like things like this can happen. Yeah, it just shows that uh, saving somebody should have died. It's not, you know, even if they do seem insignificant, it's having massive ramifications for uh, not just everybody in this little town in London, but uh, the the whole planet by the looks of it. Yeah. And then um, we get the scene with the TARDIS key. Yeah, yeah, it's sort of burns rose it, it's glowing the doctor gets all excited because this sort of means uh it's still connected to the tardis and it can bring it back i just need a power source uh the lad that's getting married he's got his dad's big chunky uh mobile phone or cell phone to our any american listeners we might have and the doctor takes the battery gives it a boost with the old sonic screwdriver and yeah. uh, we sort of see, uh, do we sort of see the TARDIS sort of start to materialise a little bit? Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, he sort of put, I, I think, think he makes the TARDIS a, look quite nice. Yeah, he puts the key in or puts the key where the TARDIS would be and tells people not to touch it, not to leave it. You know, the TARDIS will come back and everything will be all right. Uh, it, and I like how it, it plays like the sort of victory music as well, and it, it does kind of make you yeah. like. Yeah. I think kind of they have, you know not now, you know. but it does kind of imply like, oh, this will be the solution, and the doctors figured it out, and it'll be fine. Yeah, we have found a way to uh, to to save everybody, um, which is good. Um, Peter again, he, he's asking Rose if he was a if he was a good dad. Again, Rose, 
I think she sort of lies. I think she gives him her sort of uh, idealist version of of what he would be like if uh, he had stayed, you know, he had been alive and been around and saying, you know, read to me um, every night and we went on picnics and that, which is uh, making Pete himself suspicious because even he doesn't think it sounds like him. Yeah, and uh, again, it's it's a heartbreaking situation for us to be put in. What are you what are you supposed to tell? tell? <laughs> like, uh, like, you were there because you were dead. <laughs> what do you? Do? Um, um, again, it's another example of Rose doing what we probably all would do. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You're a great dad, honest. <laughs> and it's another lie, um, but. <laughs> I think he's tell by his. It just a bit of a tangent, but like this episode is a sort of thing, right? and almost feels like it's a tangent about grief. See, someone's got a lot of grief in it. Like the doctor had grief troubles in uh, the episode as well. And um, I like how it kind of shows that Rose has never really been able to accept that her dad was dead and she never knew him. Yeah. And it, it kind of shows how. Like when you deny something for so long, it creates problems for yourself. Obviously, it doesn't cause the earth to end, but that's like what it's represented as. Yeah, it's only when Rose accepts that it has to happen and that he's gone. Um, that that's when she, you know that's that's how everything fixes itself. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd go along with that. It's um, it is it sort of hits on a lot of different um sort of themes and points, doesn't it, this episode? It's uh, it's very well written and put together. Yeah, absolutely. And then but, we see the Doctor and Pete and Rose. Well, you see, the Doctor's talking to Rose, talking about how the thing that... I think he says to Rose, oh, this, when I fix the things with the TARDIS, the things you've changed will still be changed. And then Pete says, oh, so I'll still be alive. Basically, and then... yeah. Well, I I wrote. I think I wrote down what he actually said, and he says, "You mean I'll still be alive?" So he's uh, he's obviously cottoned on. But going back to my um, point before, where he's obviously he's a lot cleverer than he's uh, yeah. given credit for, and perhaps even gives himself credit for because he's yeah, you know, he's the only one out of everybody who's managing to work things out and piece things together. Yeah, absolutely, and um, I like this little, little moment they have where um, basically says, "Oh, I was useless." He said that he was useless his whole life, and then the doctor says it doesn't work like that. He just says, he just calls him out and says it's rubbish. Yeah, um, and he also in this bit he says, uh, "Rose says, you know, I'm sorry, it's all my fault," and Pete says, "No, no, I'm your dad. It's 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 my job to." To make it my fault, you know, you know, taking the, you know, taking the blame off, off Rose basically. But you know, I'm quite a moving bit. It's broken up by more comedy because uh, Jackie's there and overhearing him, and she's like, "You're her dad? How old were you? What Rose? You, you call them all the same?" It's just yeah. she's so good at these. Oh, Jackie's these, great. This comedic sort of outrage. It's. Uh, it's just brilliant. It's very uh, well written, you know, because it goes from sort of 
dark in quote marks like dark and depressing and down about his death to instantly to comedy and then instantly back to dark and depressing when rose uh has to hold baby rose and it causes a paradox yeah yeah the, the doctor sees it coming and tries to warn her but he's too late yeah and uh as soon as she takes the her baby self in her arms depressed. this lets one of Lies. the uh hmm? Yeah. Uh, That's one of the Reapers uh, materialise inside the church. Um, The Doctor very bravely puts everyone behind him, uh, shouts at the the Reaper that um, he's the oldest living thing in here. And you think, you know, you sort of tie yourself as you're watching, you know, the the Doctor, it won't be able to take the Doctor or the Doctor will stop it somehow, but he doesn't. The um, the reaper takes the doctor, doesn't it? Sort of wraps them up in its wings. I don't know if it's sort of what it. I don't know really what it does. If it eats them or absorbs them into itself. Yeah, well, it's got or... like a mouth on its chest. Yeah, it's uh, very strange, isn't it? Not the way I'd want to. I'd want to go. And then, as it on its way out, it uh, it bumps into the TARDIS, knocking the knocking the key out and uh, making the TARDIS vanish completely again. So uh, we're back to square one. We've got no TARDIS and no Doctor. Things are looking pretty bleak for everybody at this point. I think this is the biggest thing to look for them because this is the first time where the Doctor's he's he's dead and he's gone. He's not locked up. He's not trapped. He's not in a compromised position. He's straight up dead. Not there. Not in there. Yeah. Not able to regenerate, he's just he's gone. Yep. Completely gone. Don't know everyone on now. It goes dark and, inside the church as well. All the lights go off. So that sort of tells us that uh, these things are affecting, you know, other places and that's probably like yeah, electricity boards and companies gone and so there's no there's no power anymore. So yeah, uh, things are going from Bad to worse, aren't they? And then we get that this uh, the heartbreaking scene next with Pete and uh, Rosie. Yeah, Duffy. he's there. He's he's watching the car again, and he's he's worked it out. He might have realised before, but uh, he's definitely worked it out now. And yeah, he has a great little speech with with Rose. He tells her that the the doctor really cares about you. Um, he didn't want you to go through it again. It was, you know, basically the doctor was trying to protect her, find and trying to find another way to to fix things. He knew, he knew that he knew how to do it, but he was hoping to find another way. And Pete sort of says, you know, there is there is no other way. Then, but yeah, it's just really well. <laughs> what can you say about it? You know, he. he and he, he said, whatever we're doing, it's his optimism, it's something else. Yeah, it's quite... Like he um, realises he's about to die, and he faces it as like, well... I've, yeah, you know, it's, I've... It's, it's very heroic of him, isn't it? You know, he's um, he's perhaps been a bit of a loser, but uh, he's stepping up now when it when it matters, you know, which is more than a yeah, lot of people he, would he probably said, do, said, to like, be honest. He basically, he all but says, well, look on the bright side, you know, I've had all these extra hours, no one else yeah. in the world ever had that. 
And I got to meet you. Uh, you know, I wasn't there for you, but I can be a proper dad for you now. It's it's very moving. And also in this scene, Jackie sort of finally realises uh, who Rose is as well. Yeah. Which is also very they, sort of um, touching. And they all hug and then Pete asks if he's going to, if she's going to be there for him. Yeah. He also made a, a note that he sort of says, you know, oh, you know, I was never anybody important or something. And Rose says, but you were my daddy. And, you know, she's, I think it's important that she, you know, she doesn't say dad. She says, she says daddy, you know, which is um, the sort of words of young, young and innocence. She's, you know, she's yeah. just, you know, she's just a little girl who wants a daddy back basically, or yeah. once the dad she, just she never child. had a new. Yeah. It's, uh... Yeah. Um, then Pete has to do it. I like how the, um, just before the big moment, I like how the creatures leave him alone. I wonder well, if that's kind of... it, it does like... look like it's going to swoop in, and I think that doesn't, that that's what encourages Pete to actually um, not wait for it and, and run into it. Yeah. Just to, just to make sure just to make sure he puts it right before he's taken away. Uh, which, and he says which he goodbye. And gets hit, yeah. And um, Jackie's story becomes more tragic, I think. Um, yeah, it, it does change a little bit as well because instead of him stepping out and getting hit, he actually ran into the car and uh, the, the guy actually stays and waits for the police rather than driving off this time and he doesn't die alone because Rose does hold his hand and he, he sort of dies in her arms, which is mentioned, she says, we see in the, in like the flashback when she was younger, you know, there's a, there was a girl there and nobody ever knew who she was. One of those like weird, unexplained sort of mysteries. Yeah, but I, I do wonder if, um, like, because, I mean, Pete's death would have had to have been considered as a suicide now. That's what it would look like. It looked like he ran out in front of a car. Yeah, it's not sort of portrayed like that, but... but and yeah, I do wonder as well make... if Jackie maybe had a bit of guilt regarding that. Maybe she wondered if her arguments with him were the problem, and I can't think of it in a weird way. That's almost the, the tragedy of the story. You know, it is that it goes to uh, fear, and it does like... make things worse, in a sense. Yeah, it... Suicide doesn't really come into it. At least it's like he just ran out in front of them. You know, it's still it's still portrayed as a, a tragic it, accident. It's a reach, but that's how I interpreted it. It's not. It's, it's a tragic. I think it's still a tragic accident, but a bit. But it's it's changed a little bit rather than the the guy hitting him out of nowhere. Sort of Pete sort of ran out into the road. It's sort of how it's um, portrayed to me, anyway. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, that's that's what these podcasts are about: different opinions and and ooh, whatnot. Exactly. Um, and I did like that. Um, I did like how the episode just ends as well. Basically, at that point, yeah. you see them they walk off uh, towards the TARDIS. The Doctor's back, and uh, and that's it. I like how there's no real yeah. epilogue or closing. It just goes. I think it's important to mention when he gets, as soon as he gets hit, the, the sort of reapers, the monsters, they they disappear, and the Doctor is is back as well, and he's by Rose. He's the one who encourages Rose to go and 
and go with and go and be with him, uh, her dad as he's as he dies. So I think that's important important to, to know yeah. that as soon as he gets it, everything sort of resets back to to how it should have been. Yeah, and then as Absolutely. you say. It's sort and of just the episode, just, as you say, yeah, episode just ends, and uh, I, th- I find it very moving when um, you know it's a heroic little bit where he throws himself in front of the car and uh, saves the day. You know the, the you know the score and the, the acting. It's uh, it's a very moving scene. Did you did you get that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it is a very moving scene, and it it, it steps down to the ending leaves you feeling a bit empty. But I mean that as a compliment, not as a critique. I think that's the way you should be left feeling because it is just kind of it, it, it's crap. Better <laughs> would if you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't mean crap as in bad, but um, I mean like it's just it's just a crap situation that the characters have found them in, and there's nothing they can do, and they just have to move on basically. Like, yeah. There's literally nothing they can do. That's uh. It's sort of a, yeah, it's a bittersweet ending, I would say. Absolutely. Sweet in the yeah, fact no. that everything's put right, but bitter in the fact that she's, uh, Rose still had to lose her dad. Yeah. And I like this episode a lot. I like this season because there's no, it, it, it's, it's structured in a way that there's no, there's no invader. There's no, like, I mean, there is, but I mean, in terms of like the invaders aren't really the fault, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, they're not trying to sell the world or conquer the world. They're there to, they're either there to fix time or sort of take advantage of uh, a paradox that's been created. One of the, one or the other. This story happens directly because of a mistake by Rose. Two mistakes by Rose. In yeah. Fact. Rose both creates the problem and then ruins the solution, <laughs> and, it, and the, the, to the point where the doctor has to, the book the doctor had to give the lines to then rectify it. And yeah, well, it's, it's touched on later episodes a little bit, but there's this thing in time travel where when they interfere, it, it becomes it's not just something bad that happens; it's now their fault. And probably has to carry that burden a little bit now because she tried to interfere. It's not just that her dad died, it's it's her fault in a way. Her dad had to die because of something she did. Yeah, well, kind of, yeah. I mean, he was destined he was destined to die and you know, interfering and you know, you can't inter- obviously can't interfere with um the sort of natural progression of time. Whereas if they're battling alien invaders that are perhaps Time traveled themselves. That, that's perhaps uh, a bit of a you know. That's a different scenario. I think it's implied more as well because the doctor does say they can. Like my old people died, I could have gone back and saved them. But I think it's going to be more that interfering in your own personal history is something that you can't do because that creates paradoxes. But if yeah. it's something that isn't part of your own history, it can be a bit more flexible. It's like the grandfather paradox, isn't it? You can't go and back and kill your grandfather because yeah, yeah. then you'd never been born and um, then you couldn't have gone back and killed your grandfather. So it's... This uh... <laughs> is a later episode. My favourite line from season three is when Marcus 
Well, I accidentally killed my granddad. And he goes, Are you planning on it? And he goes, No. And he goes, Maybe all right. <laughs> anyway, uh, the sound quality is dipping a bit. So I think we'll uh, we'll end the podcast here. If uh, that's all right with you, Sean. Yeah, uh, just probably the second best episode we've done so far. I wouldn't quite put it at Dalek levels, but it's just a shade under. It's still a really, really yeah. excellent story. Definitely, definitely the, the second best episode of the series so far. And uh, next, uh, the next episodes we'll be reviewing might be in a couple of weeks because I think you're on holiday. Um, um, but we'll we'll talk about that more off air. Um, that's um, another great episode. Uh, I forgot what you keep, you remember what it's called, don't you? I keep forgetting. The Empty Child. That's it. The Empty Child. That's another. Uh, Really good episode, a double episode as well, a couple of the Doctor Dances. So looking forward to doing that when we can get to it. Absolutely. Uh, you, you can find us at uh, Rogue underscore Opinion. Uh, you can find me at uh, Carlos underscore Fire 89. Um, when can people find you, uh, Sean? At Sean Campbell 971. Yeah, uh, we've got uh, other pods going on. Uh, me and Nathan reviewed the first three episodes of Total Divas. If you want to check out my enthusiasm for uh, that uh, brilliant show, there's also Smack Retro Smackdown uh, that's gone up recently as well, and a whole host of other pods on Spotify and Anchor that you. Should yeah, definitely check you've out. got it all. You've got it all. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. There's something uh, for everyone. Yeah. That could be our definitely. tagline. Yeah. Uh, I'd better get that coined and uh, copyrighted before you take it. Um, all right. Well, I'll say goodbye then. Thanks very much for listening and goodbye. See you. Yeah!